Welcome to the Nerd Gospel Podcast, the place where the only thing you'll ever be haunted by is how bad the new Ghostbusters movie was. That was a... Uh, I chose not to see we, that. We, sa- we saved some money with that one. Uh, let's get to the news. Let's get to the news. The new Szechuan sauce. Are you familiar with this? Szechuan. Szechuan. What a fun word. Uh, there's a show, popular show with the kids called Rick and Morty. Okay. Have you have you seen this? Heard of, of this? Of course not. Okay. Neither have I. Well, I, that's not true. I watched one episode. It was filthy. Okay. And I thought, oh, this is a kid. Oh, this is great. This is a kid show because like there, it's a scientist and a little boy. I guess mm-hmm. is I don't I don't even know the story. I'm going to make this up. Yeah. Good. He's drunk all the time. The scientist is drunk, and they travel through time and they do experiments and stuff. That's mm-hmm. what I've gained just from hearing people talk about it. And what does this Anyways, have to do with Szechuan? So the Szechuan, Szechuan sauce. Apparently in the future, they go into the future in the show, and McDonald's has this sauce called the Mulan Szechuan sauce. Wow. And he loves it. I don't know which one, Rick or more, I don't know, whatever. I'm, make, I'm literally making this up for based on <laughs> what, I, what I've gleaned from mm-hmm. other people. Anyway, so McDonald's released a, a Szechuan sauce based on what Rick and Morty made up. Wow. So the moral of the story is if you make up a sauce in a show... Maybe McDonald's could could answer it. You get it in there. <laughs> Maybe that would happen. Yeah. Anyways, it was kind of cool. They they did a thing. I think it was la- last weekend, Saturday, mm-hmm. and special McDonald's were doing it limited, very limited supply, releasing Szechuan sauce. But employees were stealing the little packets and they were selling them on eBay or they were saying, "Oh, we're all out." And right. people, fans were raging. They had limited edition posters. They were taking. It was ridiculous. Okay, absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. But people who love the show, like that's cool for them. And I even told Ashley, I was like, hey, if we, you know, if we want to stop by McDonald's at two, I'll grab one just for kicks and giggles. Right? Grab it. Um, and so McDonald's was getting bombarded with angry fans as we, you know, as nerds are wont to do. We, sure. If we get upset, you don't want to get on our, our bad no, side. No. I'm pointing at Jeremy right now. I, I don't want I'm looking to. right at him. I'm scared. <laughs> you should be. And so McDonald's released a statement. They're like, listen, we are deeply, deeply grieved. <laughs> they were mourning yeah. at what they had done. What they what they do? So they're going to release the Szechuan sauce for a couple months, and they're not going to make it limited supply. So all those McDonald's employees that are listening right now, yeah, because I know they are. Of course, McDonald's is like our number one. <laughs> <laughs> if you have those sauces and you're selling them on eBay, I hope all your eBay listings rot. I yeah, hope they sit well, there. And nobody's going to no buy bits. them now. Yeah, they listened to this podcast, found out this yeah. can be mass produced. Or, or the, I, I'm going to go on eBay and be like, first edition Szechuan sauce, like yeah. a few months older than the others. That's you know? right. Uh, anyways, so that's cool. Uh, there's a new Justice League trailer. Mm-hmm. What, what's your initial thought? One word. You have one word to say about it. What, how would good. you sum it up? Good. Oh, good. Okay. I said, I wrote, looks pretty amazing. That's three words. You limited me to one. I know. I'll just say, looks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it looks cool. It's definitely more CGI than the past one is. And I'm more, were you more excited about the movie? After this then latest what? one? What are we comparing this to? Than you previously were, like a week ago. Before I saw the, any trailers? Yeah. Yeah. No, no. Are you more excited after this trailer than you were a week ago? If you could go were back, were there trailers in time. that I missed from yeah before that? You Whoops. saw other ones. I did. Yeah, okay, we good. Talked about. Yeah, those were awesome. <laughs> yeah, this new one though is With uh, the new stuff. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you see a lot more. Yeah, uh, there are some goofy moments. We watched it together, and we were like, "Goofy, cool, right? Luke lame, you know." <laughs> went back and forth. Like, yeah, that. went back and forth. You didn't like Aquaman. I'm. It's. Uh, yeah. Well. You're torn it helped now. when you told me he's not Poseidon. Yeah. So <laughs> you, I, you did think I just didn't Poseidon. have some good information. Yeah. His name was Arthur Curry. And, and then Jeremy was like, oh, the son of Poseidon? I was like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> so that helps. Yeah. But he is. Because he can be goofy Atlantis. if he's not a Greek guy. Yeah, if he's not a Greek. But he does sound Southern. He's like, yeah, what up? Or something. He sounds real. Maybe it's just those couple lines. Because you hear him talk twice. Maybe. That's true. That is true. 
Um, anyways, that looks cool. We'll see it. We're going to see it no matter what. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Nerdist has a... This isn't news. This is just fun. Okay. I'm not sure why I'm including it here. Go with it. Go fun uh, news. Nerdist has a list of the top 10, or I think it's 11. It's really an odd number. Okay. 11. These, this goes to 11. Uh, Halloween-themed sitcom episodes, and so I picked some of my favorites. Okay. All right, so we're going to go through this. If, you, if you're listening, you're going to be able to reminisce. Ah. Reminisce. Ah. Uh, one of my favorite shows is Frasier. Mm-hmm. My wife and I watch through it at least once a year. Wow. The whole, yeah, we love it. And it's also a really good show to go to sleep to. So like if it's nap time, like today was nap time, mm-hmm. and that my son Thad's down for a nap, and we go, oh, Frasier, and we put it on and we're out. You know, yeah. like because it's just soothing. Niles Crane. The Lord nice. of the Rings trilogy has become our nap movie. Your nap movie? Which is That's terrible because I love those movies, yeah. but they do put me to sleep yeah. immediately. Yeah, a lot of Gandalf's voice is very soothing. Mm. Anyways, there was a Halloween episode there where... Um, it's really funny. Frazier's chasing after this girl. Looks like Lady Godiva and um, Roz. This is a spoiler. What on earth? Roz <laughs> is pregnant, and uh, Niles is overhearing this whole thing, and he's dressed as Cyrano de Bergerac. And it's it's really really funny. But somehow he gets it all mixed up, and he thinks Daphne's pregnant. Mm. And it's. I mean, if you've seen the episode, you're laughing right now with me. I know I, you are. I am. <laughs> With you. Yeah. Anyways, and so Niles is like bends down on one knee. He's like, I will marry you. And he's going to, you know, be with Daphne. Anyways, it's a, it's very funny. It's very, very funny. What season is that, do you think? Ooh, probably. Somewhere in the middle? Yeah. No, it's, yeah, it's probably around season three or four before he's confessed, you know, before the love is. Because he. When he's creepy and married. Yeah. When he's creepy and married. Oh, what's his wife's name? Maris. Uh, Maris. Oh, man. Thank you. I was going to be real bummed if we couldn't pull that out of our (laughs) brains. Uh, Boy Meets World has a classic episode you didn't know about this you watched it as a child yeah as a little boy you were three years old watching boy meets no uh there's an episode where sean has a dream and sean is like a killer running around or there's a killer loose in the high school and there he's killing all the men whatever and he wakes up and it's all based on because uh cory and Topanga just broke up and he really just wants them back together Oh. And so for some reason on the dream, they're killing what a good friend, Sean. Is. Anyways, it's a super cool episode because when I was younger and I watched it, when it came out, they produced it like Halloween episode. Yeah. And I was so jazzed. I was like, oh, this is so scary and cool. Anyways, uh, Family Matters had this really weird episode where Steve, uh, you know, Steve Urkel or whatever. Yeah. There was this evil killer puppet oh, called Steve. I kind Steve of remember Ol. that. Do you remember that? Yes. And it was weird. And he wanted to kill Steve to take his soul. Oh, dear. It was really weird. Family Matters was a weird show because it started out all about the family. Right. And Urkel would just show up. Yeah, he was a and side then, character. And then later on, they're like, oh, everyone loves Urkel. And then it became about Urkel and him just uh, him just going, Ur, Steve, or Urkel. <laughs> you know, and then the cop. What? The you cop. The that? cop was just screaming. He'd always go. Oh. He's always like, oh, I'm a cop, but I'm just upset. That's Urkel. I remember his voice different. And then he came in, and then remember when Urkel like turned himself to like good-looking Urkel? Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> what a weird show. That was a weird show. What a weird show. Um, TGIF. So, not Listed is one of my favorite shows. You ha- And you haven't seen this. You haven't seen How I Met Your Mother, have you? No. Okay. How I Met Your Mother is a really fantastic show. It's it's dirty, but it's like Friends dirty. So it's just, just you know. Just filthy. Yeah, really just filthy. Disgusting. I, I do watch Friends now, and I'm like, ooh, this is really... This is really quite dirty. Yeah. yeah. My 18-year-old son watches with that with us. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> The whole time you're like, uh, <laughs> There's, But there's this Halloween episode, and it they're kind of recurring Halloween episodes. Ted is dressed as a hanging chad. Mm-hmm. So literally, you know, like from the election. Voting. voting right. Yeah. And there's a girl there in a pumpkin costume, which they call slutty pumpkin. Okay. Because it's the idea. It's the joke that every costume 
for girls in that kind of you right. Know, you know how slutty sometimes yeah, there's show a slutty too much. pumpkin or there's a you know and Barney even says like he's like you, if you're a nurse you're a slutty nurse if you're <laughs> so it's really you know awful right. but it's just a pumpkin costume and so Ted's yeah. looking for this girl looking for the girl and there's this really funny moment where Barney Stinson the guy in the show who's always kind of after girls and stuff mm-hmm. if you've seen the show you know exactly what I'm talking I about don't. he's dressed as the devil and he's on the right side of Ted and then there's another guy dressed as an angel and he's on the left side of Ted <laughs> and it's just this really com- you know comedic moment where Ted's like what should I do and yeah it's sure great. it's really funny uh, and then there's the last little honorable mention is Parks and Rec there's Greg Pakitas uh, who is a teenager and he's Leslie Nope's arch enemy Hmm. Have you seen Barks and Rec? Yeah, oh, yeah, a lot. Oh yeah, yeah. That's, I don't remember that. Remember Greg Pakitas and he he t- TPs toilet papers mm-hmm. the monument every year, and so yes. she wants to catch him this year. Yeah. Anyways, oh, that's a great episode too. Bert, and they Bert they, Macklin, Bert Macklin, FBI agent <laughs> Bert Macklin, and he hires a girl off of Craigslist to pretend to be his mom. They show up at Greg Pakitas's real house, Pakitas, mm-hmm. I think Pakitas, and they're going to TP his house. And the real mom comes out and goes, "What are you doing?" And they go, you're not Greg's mom? And she's like, no, I'm really Greg's mom. So then they go down to the monument. And Greg has, you know, done this master plan to really TP the monument and they catch him. So kind of remember that. Oh, it's so good. Sure See, now you're, gonna, now you're listening to this and you're going to go, oh, I'm going to go watch all these episodes. Yeah. So you're welcome. You're yeah. welcome. Yeah. Last piece of news. See, that wasn't even news. Last piece of news. It was fun. We did it. Musk watch. Yeah. Musk watch. Elon Musk offer, has offered to rebuild Puerto Rico's electricity grid. And this article says it's a game changer. Do it, Musk. Do it, Musk. Because what happened was somebody just literally tweeted at him. Mm-hmm. And Musk, this is kind of cool how Musk interacts with people on Twitter. right? Yeah. He's, he's like the, the anti-Trump or whatever. Like he interacts, but, well, Trump doesn't really interact with people. He just no. posts this comment. Just flamethrower. Yeah, just a flamethrower. So anyway, somebody tweeted at Musk and said, hey, you could redo Puerto Rico's whatever. And Musk goes, yeah, Puerto Rico wants me to do it. Boom, I'll do it. Done. And the cool thing about it here is that it's it's a new way to use technology. Anytime a natural disaster comes through and does this, mm-hmm. rather than just rebuilding an old infrastructure, right. let's just redo it. Right. That makes perfect sense. It's all down anyway. Yeah. It's all down anyways. And if the government's going to pay for stuff to be redone, you know, let's pay for it to be done right and to actually improve. So he's going to, I don't know, maybe that'll be, we'll see what happens. Yeah, but his now, response is, well, yeah, if they ask me. Yeah, if they ask me. I mean, he could do it. Like Jeremy was like, just do it. Like, just do it. Rich. Don't wait for them to ask you. Puerto yeah. Rico, just... Steamroll. You know, I thought about this too. Like anytime people with millions and billions of dollars, Mm -hmm. they could really, if they, you know, and they're always philanthropists or they're always like, oh, I want to help and, you know, whatever stuff. There's simple ways. Like if you want gun control done, all you have to do is say, call up a couple of your millionaire buddies Mm -hmm. and go, hey, let's get a pool of $50 million and buy back guns. Right. Do you know how many people would go sell their AK-47s? Right. How many law-abiding citizens (laughs) willingly disarm for cash? Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it's like if you want something done, just throw money at it. Throw some money at it, Musk. Anyways, my my real thing here is that Puerto Rico is going to be turned into an AI uh, controlled city, oh, no. and it will all start with Puerto Rico with their new infrastructure. <laughs> and then they'll figure out how to move the island yes. closer, and will be overtaken. Yeah. In all seriousness, pray for Puerto Rico. Oh pray yeah, Puerto Rico, it's a mess right now. Yeah. Uh, it's time for the main event. Are you ready for the main event? Very. We've been jazzed for this one. We're talking about ghosts. Yeah, we're talking about Casper. The what? friendly ghost. No. No, we're not? Okay. Uh, <laughs> first off, I want it to be put on record that I ain't afraid of no ghosts. Are you afraid are, are you afraid of ghosts? In reality, no. Okay. Who In are you going to call? In my own emotional... Who are you going to call if you're afraid of ghosts? Being? 
No one. No one. <laughs> Not Ghostbusters. No. no. Um, so all right. So let's let's go ahead and get out of the way. Do you tell us uh, tell us your ghost experience? Have you had a ghost experience? I have. I know you. I knew you had, and that's why I was yeah, leading. Question. You set that up. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, so I actually was speaking with my wife this evening to make sure that I didn't have the story yep. wrong. Cause sometimes when you think about a story a lot or tell exactly. it a lot of times, you mess it up. The tall tale, the fish and gets we, bigger. And we, she and I have not talked about it in years. So. You've repressed I, it. Yeah. I feel like she's, she was good for this. So yeah. when we moved into the house that we lived in uh, before the one we live in now, to our last house. Yep. Um, we did not know that there had been someone that attempted to murder their girlfriend and then thinking that she was dead, then killed himself in this house. Classic. Classic. Uh, And we found that out uh, from the neighbors, but then I was like, well, this is probably fake. Yeah, tall tale. Uh, But then I just looked up the news story and it had the actual address. And you found blood all over the carpet and there was... Nope, they cleaned everything (laughs) up. I did find all kinds of glass in the front flower beds. Okay. uh, Because when they... When the police came, and this is all in the news story, yeah. when the police came to the house, uh, they saw him sitting against a wall. They didn't know he was already dead, so they oh. shot tear gas canisters through the bottom windows to storm the house. And you still bought the house not knowing this? Well, I didn't know any of that. Okay. Uh, so we found that all out afterwards. Yeah. But That's not listed in the real estate. Oh, by the way, a murder <laughs> happened. <laughs> yeah, well, attempted murder, successful suicide. Gotcha. Uh, so just after we found out about all of that... We had two experiences. One, there was some sound downstairs, and I, being the dutiful husband, went armed with nothing but my fists of fury uh, to go see what the sound was downstairs. And uh, when I was down there, Janelle heard sounds like I was moving stuff around downstairs, and she thought, Uh, uh, I bet when he he comes up, because it was loud sounds like I was moving furniture around, I bet when he comes up, he's going to say he didn't make any noise. And that's exactly what happened. She came up... I came up the stairs and she's like, what were you doing down there? I was like, nothing, just looking around. She's like, were you moving furniture? I said, I didn't move anything. Like I was tiptoeing <laughs> because re- I think there's a were scary you monster completely downstairs. rearranging our living room? Yeah. So that was number one. <laughs> the second one was uh, in the same like week or two weeks. Uh, the second one was we were both asleep in bed and we both separately heard someone walk up the stairs and walk in our room and stand at the end of the bed. Uh-huh. And it wasn't your son. It was not her son. Okay. He was very small, and okay. uh, and he would have been in the other room. So he gotcha. was probably, man, five years old. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. he wouldn't have made those kinds no. of sounds. But we didn't talk to each other about it until the next day. And she said, "I had the weirdest feeling that someone came up the stairs and stood at the end of the bed last night." And I was like, "We're moving." <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Uh, but then, uh, then she told. <laughs> she told the room downstairs uh, that we live here now, and mm-hmm. that's just the way it is. And yeah. that, we didn't have anything else happen after hey, that. Hey, room, <laughs> listen. This is our house. So here's my two, okay? Uh, <laughs> that's so good. Um, I had, I, there, was, there was somebody I knew who passed away the day before, and I woke up the night of, and I didn't know she had passed away. Yeah. And I woke up, and I thought I saw her. But I was thinking about her, to be fair. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I'm and I, going back to your story too. You you didn't see anything until you knew. Yes. about the story. Exactly. Okay, that's that's crucial. Uh, and then the second time, I was driving up late at night on the mountain in Chattanooga, where the Battle of Chickamauga was, took place. Whatever bloody you know bloodiest bat, one of the bloodiest battles in the Civil War. Mm-hmm. And I thought I saw a Confederate ghost mm-hmm. on the side of the road. Now, <laughs> interesting, you didn't see a Union soldier. Exactly, exactly. Mm. Mm. Now, looking back, it was like 2 o'clock in the morning. Mm. I was super exhausted, and it's 
pitch black up a yeah. mountain. I mean, really black. So I think based on both of our stories, like, okay, were we in our right minds half the time? And then were we, were we not influenced by, you know, outside things? Yeah. So now that doesn't take away from either of those experiences in my mind. Right. Like I still vividly picture them, see them and go, well, something, ha-, you know, I thought I saw something, you know? Yeah. I think for both of mine, like I, obviously nothing happened the first time. Yeah. There was just a sound downstairs and I went downstairs. Yep. Or a mouse, a very large mouse. <laughs> a very large mouse. <laughs> well, and then she thought she heard sounds, but that could be her mind yeah. playing tricks on her. And then I think the second one, our minds were playing tricks on us. Yeah. Although it is very odd that we had the exact same, it, it was footsteps up the stairs yeah. and then someone standing at the end of the bed. <laughs> that is kind of, kind of strange. Get out of the house. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um, so, so there, there's two fun stories and we could probably come up with some other stuff if we thought about it. Um, but so here's a New York times. I like, I like polls to a certain degree and then I hate them in another degree because I've never been polled. So mm. I'm like, well, who are these people they're polling? <laughs> Nobody's calling me. Uh, New York times says about one third of Americans believe that ghosts exist. One third. Do you mm. think? Yeah, that's probably true. That sounds right. And can interact with and harm humans. Now that's interesting. Mm. Around two thirds hold supernatural or paranormal beliefs, beliefs, beliefs of some kind, including beliefs in reincarnation, spiritual energy, and psychic powers. I believe all that. Yeah, I think they're. I think people definitely buy into that mm. shtick. Thirty uh, percent of Americans report they have felt in contact with someone who has died. Nearly twenty percent believe they have been in the presence of a ghost. Mm. So I think that I think that last two part, the thirty percent and the twenty percent. I think naturally when people die, we want to still feel connected to them. Oh, yeah. And I think as we walk, I mean, just like if, if I walked around the house and saw stuff that used to belong and had memories and I think I would feel connected. Okay. Like, yeah. So I think that's easily explainable. The presence thing I, I told, I think I've talked about in past episodes, I'll wake up in the middle of the night and I'll, I'll see, I'll think I'll see something. Mm-hmm. You know, one time I rebuked a t-shirt that was hanging on, you know, <laughs> I literally looked at it. I was like, you get out of my house, Satan, you know? And I, I thought it was legitimately like some demon in my room. Yeah. And I was just going to punch him in the face. Or, you know, I was like going to boot him out. And it, I looked at it. I was like, oh, that's just my t-shirt hanging up on my, you know? No. So, so when you wake up and you're in that, lo- you know, non-lucid state, yes. you do, you know, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, people who do not frequently, this is interesting. People who do not frequently attend church are twice as likely to believe in ghosts as those who are regular churchgoers. Why do you think that is? Just I off kind of don't know. I mean, I want to say it's because you're more acquainted with the Bible, but I know that that doesn't go hand in hand with going to church regularly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that is interesting. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I thought I read that over a few times in my head, and I was like, I don't know why that would be. Yeah. So, anyways, we'll keep going. What what do we? So, let's talk about what do we mean when we say the word ghost? Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people say Holy Ghost. Sure. When you sh- you should probably, I, I was confused as a child, and I really thought the Holy. I heard Holy Ghost, and I thought, Oh, Casper! I really, really did because that was the friendly all, ghost. That was the yeah, the friendly ghost, and I would make this horrible correlation. Yeah. Between the two, I mean, it's horribly, horribly like heretical. Now I think yes. about it, um, and so I, I say Holy Spirit because I think that's obviously way better. Yeah, Holy, Holy ghost. ghost is only in the KJV translation, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, and it is translated Holy Spirit, but you know, for some reason, a lot of people still say Holy Ghost. So yeah, interesting. Uh, so secular, when we talk about the secular world, a secular world would say a spirit or a deceased human would probably be a ghost, mm-hmm. uh, poltergeists. Orbs, interactive personalities, shadow, mist, cold spots, right? I've seen enough of these ghost haunting shows mm-hmm. to know exactly what each one of those little things mean. I get so frustrated with the stupid orb. Yeah. Oh, the orb. Like, you know? What? And it could, it's most likely just a bug flying by or something. I get if you're like walking around it and yeah. like it's, 
Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And the weirder ones when like the orb flies into somebody and they're like, oh, I just felt like cold. You know? <laughs> I got cold. Ooh, I got cold. You know. Well, and it's but I sit in my house all the time and my air conditioner comes on. I'm like, oh, I got cold. <laughs> you know. And I shiver. Um, I don't go, oh, ghost. And I shiver. I shiver. Uh, Christianity would say a ghost. So this is, a ghost is an old Saxon word. Uh, Anglo-Saxon word, and it's equivalent to soul or spirit. Mm-hmm. The translation of the Hebrew is nefesh, and the Greek word is pneuma, mm-hmm. uh, both meaning breath, life, spirit, the living principle. And so, um, you know, at the very beginning, the spirit hovering over the waters, yep. right? That's the Holy Spirit. Phantasma is another word that's used twice. Mm-hmm. That's where we get phantasm. Mm-hmm. And that is when Jesus is walking on the water. That's the only time they use it. Now, the interesting thing about that story is the disciples freak out and it's pretty early on in the ministry right and they see jesus walking the wire and they go a ghost right a phantasma a phantasma yeah and and so ghosts are in their mindset their culture their culture yeah. i mean all that stuff and in ancient culture ghosts were widely believed in yeah. no it's almost like nobody did not believe in ghosts right it's very very steeped in old ancient culture it's not until after actually after jesus that people started not believing in ghosts and spirits and stuff. Anyways, yeah. that's a side note. So the other thing, though, is interesting is when Jesus arrives on the boat, he doesn't really rebuke them. But the the whole point, I think, in Mark and Matthew is that ghosts can't walk on water in the first place. Mm-hmm. That's what a god does. Right. Right. That's like in, in ancient mythology stuff, a god walks on water, not a ghost. Yeah. And so it's that common theme of misunderstanding all throughout the Gospels where they're going, you know, well, Lazarus, if he's asleep, he's he, he'll be fine. And Jesus is like, no, he's dead. Okay, he's dead. Like, right. he's not going to wake back up. So the whole point is to show how the disciples are unbelieving and they really don't get Jesus yet. Yes. They really don't get it until right. the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit shows up. Uh, anyway, so that's that's a little side note. So when we talk about ghosts, we're talking about spirits mm-hmm. in general, the soul, spirit mm-hmm. soul. Uh, ghosts and spirits have been around since ancient times, pictured in mythology as returning to earth to give advice, a task, finish a task, protect or harm others for a specific reason, right? We see this all the time, hmm. and they, they believe that like ghosts are, they need to fulfill something. Right. They okay. have some unfinished business. Exactly, right? They were killed or murdered, so they have to now... Patrick Swayze needs to yeah. avenge <laughs> and protect. And, and help make pottery, yes. right? Uh, but nobody puts Patrick Swayze's ghost in a pottery class <laughs> is a baby in a corner that yeah. didn't work yeah, that very was what well. I was going for. No. didn't work what was i doing uh so the classic example of this is hamlet think hamlet's dad's ghost his father's ghost this is what hamlet even says uh he says the spirit that i have seen may be the devil and the devil hath power to assume a pleasing shape yea and perhaps out of my weakness and my melancholy as he is very potent with such sp- spirits abuses me to damn me so even hamlet this is when the Shakespeare kind of when it when it transitioned from spirits to demons. Yeah, because even in Hamlet, Shakespeare's going, "Well, am I seeing my dad? Did my dad really show up, right. or was it a demon to a confuse trickster. me?" Now, the interesting thing about this is, I in college I took a class British literature, and my my this was my one of my favorite professors of all time. He did an assignment called "What's Rotten in Denmark." And you had to base, you had to take each person in the story of Hamlet uh-huh. and and order them as how rotten they were. Whoa. And, and really, and, and who who is the one to blame for all the mess? Because everybody ends up dead at yeah. the end of the story, right? Yeah. Basically. And I came to the conclusion that it was actually the, the father's ghost was to blame for the whole thing. Whoa. Because he comes to Hamlet and starts the whole chain of events. Yeah. Polonius yeah. and the mom were happy. Everybody was everybody was happy with Polonius, or uh, not Polonius, not Polonius, I'm sorry, the king. Claudius, may I don't know. I have to reread it. 
Uh, everybody was happy with the king. I can't. Help and everybody names turned a Hamlet. blind eye. Do you not know Hamlet? Oh my word! Well, I know the um, story, but not the. Names. Anyways, but so so it, you know, it makes more sense to be a demon, honestly, in the story. Yeah. Than anything else. Interesting. Anyways, uh, so so here's how we're gonna do it. We're gonna do good cop, bad cop. Okay. You get to pick which one each of us are. Okay. <laughs> you want to be good cop? Well, I want right, to represent. You'll my be own the bad view. cop. All right, you're the good cop. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, so you, Jeremy's going to argue for ghosts aren't real. Yes. And I'm going to be devil's advocate, and I'm going to argue that ghosts are real. And it I'm going to win. And Jeremy's going to win. It's going to be awesome. I don't, uh, we'll see. All right, so Jeremy, <laughs> you go ahead. And we're not going to go back and forth. We're kind of going to each argue the same point sure. together. And then we'll, yeah. Okay. Uh, so I did a little bit of reading on my own. Yes. Normally I just show up and, and just wing it and listen to whatever brilliant. you say. You're so brilliant that you just spitball it. <laughs> uh, and the overall overwhelming understanding from a biblical perspective about ghosts yes which is the actual perspective that's worth considering yes is uh that they are either just fabricated just something that we imagine there it is or demons i think usually it's going to be <laughs> that they're just our, our imagination. Yes. So Hebrews 9.27 is pretty clear. It says, yeah. and it is appointed for men to die once, but after this, the judgment. Yeah. So in that one verse, we have the men are going to die. One time. One time. Yep. And then after that is judgment. Some sort of judgment. Yeah. Yes. In Job chapter 7, verse 9, as the cloud fades and vanishes, so he who goes down to Sheol does not come up. He returns no more to his house nor does his place know him anymore. Yep. Now, he's, he's not really talking about uh, hauntings and ghosts there, but there's some truth in that that I, I think could kind of apply to this. Yeah, I'm a men little, die, they go to Sheol. They don't go to their house. They don't go to their house. To do unfinished business. Yes. The other thing is, why, why are ghosts always clothed? Yes, that is a good point. They always have clothing on. Oftentimes, they're wearing knight's armor. Right or something, right. or the Civil War uniform. <laughs> Civil War uniform. Those com those darn yeah. Confederates. They can't. if you're a spirit, why does your your clothes have a spirit? It, yeah, that doesn't make yeah. sense. So do we have Nike spirit shoes? I don't know. But you know what's <laughs> also awkward about that though too. Like at the resurrection, uh -huh. are we just going to be a bunch of naked jaybirds flying in the sky? I think. I mean, we'll, we are we are dressed. I mean, well, yeah. our bodies will still, but our clothing may. Yeah. I think we'll be clothed in the robes of righteousness, and I think there that'll be literal. Uh, but that's only the believers. Okay, so it, it may be that the those uh, resurrected to damnation might not be so well dressed. Oh, yeah, suits. Perhaps they'll be wearing rags to represent something. Rags, I don't yeah. know. Yep, and I don't need to know. No, you that's don't. not important. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, of course, we already talked about it. in our experiences. Most ghosts appear when like there's something crazy that would dull your senses. Yeah, so both of mine, we had just woken up. Or we were kind of partially asleep. Yeah, then, so it always, it, yeah, it occurs like like all of our. I think if you think about your own experiences, you can probably, if you wanted to, explain them away. You could probably very easily do that. Yeah, right. Yeah, um, but I'm not helping my case, so you can. <laughs> <laughs> you're 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 correct right now. I'm correct. Yeah, as, as um, of right now, you've got. Uh, well, we can talk about the rich man and Lazarus. So in that passage, uh, this the is parable. Jesus telling a parable, and he talks about the uh, the rich man. And Lazarus are both alive. The rich man has all his comforts. Lazarus, poor has guy, nothing. nothing. He's starving and dying outside of the gates of uh, of the rich man. Yeah, not this is a different Lazarus. Must be a popular name. Mm. We're not, yeah, because this is not the same Lazarus that Jesus, right. Mary, Martha's. Right. Yeah. Okay. I guess it was a name he was throwing out there. Yeah. Maybe it's a great he just name. had him on his mind. Uh, so this is a different Lazarus in this parable. 
And um, both the rich man and Lazarus die. And the what Jesus describes happening to them is you've got Lazarus is blessed and he's in the bosom of Abraham. Yep. Whatever that means. Abraham's just cradling him. Yep. <laughs> it sounds like a great place. It sounds very comforting. Warm. It says that he has all wonderful. Uh, that he has the good things now. Yeah. So it's a good place. Yep. And then the rich man is uh, in across a chasm in a place where he's being tormented. They have an inter- interchange where the rich man cries out to Lazarus and says, "Will you yeah, go and warn blows. my brothers?" This is awful. Yeah. This stinks. This oh, is he first asks, thing. "Can you come and wet my tongue?" Oh yeah, that's right. He asks Abraham, "Hey, can you he's send like, hey, uh, can Lazarus you send, down?" Uh, Lazarus, uh, hey, uh, I've seen him before. I sent him yeah. down here. It's very hot. Yeah. And very unpleasant down yep. here. And uh, Abraham says no. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then Lazarus asks, "Can you go visit my brothers uh, and tell them to do something different so they don't end up here with me?" Yeah. That's Abraham. like a drop the mic moment. Abraham's like, uh, "Your bro, your bros got Moses and the prophets. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna be good if they listen. <laughs> yeah, the, even if they won't listen to Moses and the prophets, neither they, would they listen they to a man to a, return a from dead the dead. Guy. Yeah, and oh, and there is a guy who comes back from the dead, and people don't listen. and people don't listen. Yeah. Jesus. Uh, so we have some description of an afterlife. It's a little bit difficult because it is a parable. Yes. So we don't know if he's making a just making a point or if he's also describing to us the actual. Yeah. After and I'm going to flip life. it on its head when it comes to me. Hey, let's keep that go. to yourself. <laughs> I don't know why that's in my part, because I actually think that lends to your side better. Oh, but you put this outline together, so this is, I blame you. I'm helping myself. Okay, so 2 Corinthians 5.8 says, Yes, we are of good courage, and we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So what that says is for the believer, uh, there is no difference. It's an immediate transition. Yeah, for the believer. Yeah, you're going from the body to home with the Lord. And there's not like a in-between time where you make sure your family's okay. Yeah, there's no purgatory. Right. But there's also no, you know, saying goodbye or showing people where you hid the key to the treasure box. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's none of these <laughs> or good... Or avenging your death. <laughs> right. None of that stuff. <laughs> no good or evil deeds for yeah. the believer in Christ to accomplish before they go to heaven. They just are dead and then with the Lord and at home with the Lord. And that is... Awesome. Yeah. Now, oh. this is the good one because this is the classic. This is hard. <laughs> this is the classic case. And this is a weird, it's a weird text, but it's really good. This is Saul and the witch at Indoor, the witch at Indoor. And I want to read the whole thing here. Yeah, that's So, right. all right, starting it. So, this is First Samuel chapter 28. It starts in verse 8. It says, so Saul, now Saul's the king right now, mm-hmm. and he's in this thing with David, and David's been ordained to the king uh, by the Lord. God has abandoned Saul. Right. Because Saul has not obeyed. God. And uh, he ordained the king, or King David, through Samuel. Samuel has recently died. And now Saul is trying to get the great advice he used to get from Samuel, but in a new and terrifying way. So Saul disguised himself and put on other garments and went, he and two men with him, and they came to the woman by night. We'll find out who the she is. The woman. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. And he said, divine for me by a spirit and bring up for me whomever I shall name to you. The woman said to him, surely you know what Saul has done, how he has cut off the mediums and the necromancers from the land. Why then are you laying a trap for my life to bring about my death? But Saul swore to her by the Lord, as the Lord lives, no punishment shall come upon you for this thing. Then the woman said, whom shall I bring up for you? He said, bring up Samuel for me. When the woman saw Samuel, she cried out with a loud voice. And the woman said to Saul, why have you deceived me? You are Saul. (laughs) The king said to her, do not be afraid. What do you see? And the woman said to Saul, I see a God coming up out of the earth. He said to her, what is his appearance? And she said, an old man is coming up and he is wrapped in a robe 
And Saul knew that it was Samuel. And he bowed with his face to the ground and paid homage. Then Samuel said to Saul, Why have you disturbed me by bringing me up? Saul answered, I am in great distress, for the Philistines are warring against me, and God has turned away from me, and answers me no more, either by prophets or by dreams. Therefore I have summoned you to tell me what I shall do. And Samuel said, Why then do you ask me, since the Lord has turned from you and become your enemy? The Lord has done to you as he spoke by me, for the Lord has torn the kingdom out of your hand and given it to your neighbor David, because you did not obey the voice of the Lord and did not carry out his fierce wrath against Amalek. Therefore the Lord has done this thing to you this day. Moreover, the Lord will give Israel also with you into the hand of the Philistines, and tomorrow you and your sons shall be with me. The Lord will give the army of Israel also into the hand of the Philistines. Then Saul fell at once full length on the ground, filled with fear because of the words of Samuel, and there was no strength in him, for he had eaten nothing all day and night. So we've got a real story out of the historical part of the Bible. Of a real ghost of or a real spirit. A appearance of someone who has recently died. Yes. And someone we can strongly assume is a believer. Now, this is there's so many different theories about this. Yeah. And one that we, when we, Jeremy and I talked about this before, a lot of people legitimately, and you listening right now, you a lot of people I've, I've read said this is a demon. Mm-hmm. This is absolutely a demon. Now, when Jeremy and I talked about this before, we were like, no, this is Samuel. <laughs> yeah. so, so I don't know where people are getting the demon thing. They're, the biggest argument I saw about this was that one, uh, one commentator, commentator said, oh, well, all of Saul's sons don't die, so right. it's a false message. And a false message can't come from a true exactly. messenger. But all throughout the Bible, whenever it is a demon, it makes it very clear. And it says, oh, this is a demon. Yeah. Like, or this is a false spirit. Like, otherwise, the text is kind of trying to mislead you, which God, God's word is not misleading. Yeah, it'll at just all. say, and a false it spirit came to him. It would just say, a false him. spirit came to him. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But it doesn't. It says Samuel. So this is, this is one of those texts. I'm going to deal with it in my section as well. But I think specifically what's happening here, I don't think you can use this as a proof text. Yeah. I'm actually helping you out here, Jeremy. Thank you. I don't think you can use this as a proof text because I think this is a specific incident where God allowed it one time. Right. One time. And like the same thing with Balaam's donkey. Like how many times does that happen where God allowed a donkey to speak? Right. One time. Right. Okay. If you use Balaam's donkey as a proof text that animals can speak and stuff, you're you're not reading scripture correctly. Right. And and remember, like the point of the Bible the Boible the boy <laughs> the point of the Bible is always to explain to us what God is like. Yeah. And in this situation, Samuel comes back from the grave to give Saul one message, which is the judgment of God is upon you. Yeah, you're done. Yeah. Now, now you're you're done before. Now you're going to be done tomorrow. Yeah, for what you did. If God didn't answer you before, why are you going about? Why are you trying to go through the back door? Yeah. <laughs> you know. And it does say uh, that tomorrow you and your sons will be with me. I don't think there that he means where I am. Yeah, because I, Samuel is definitely in paradise or yeah. in Abraham's bosom or whatever we're calling that state. Yeah, Sheol, uh, where yeah. where Saul and his sons are definitely not going to the place where good Samuel is going to be. No. So he means they're going to, you're going to be with me in death. And, so and the other thing too, the, I think you could read it and say, cause the guy who, what's the son's name? I can't pronounce the name. Ishbosheth. Ishbosheth. You just said it perfectly. No, I Ishbosheth. Don't, don't flatter. <laughs> Ishbosheth. Um, oh, now it's anyways, worse. I don't, <laughs> he's the one that survives. He's the only son that survives. Yes. I don't think you can make an argument because the other three sons went to battle with him. Mm-hmm. Ishbosheth. Seth doesn't go to battle with him. Uh So I I think what Samuel's saying is, listen, the sons that you're going with to battle, they're all going to die. Right. Because it also says in that same text, all your men will die with you. Yeah. Literally, not all of Jerusalem died. The men that were with him died. Yeah. So, you know, I I think there's ways to get around that. Anyways, that's that's a whole different side tangent, but I'm sure 
I'm sure if you read that story, you are interested in it. So I hope that helped a little bit, right? Maybe we didn't. And, and if you say demon, I don't know. I just don't know why you would say it. Show me, show me why you would say. It. I'd love to to be proven wrong. Yeah, from scripture. I'd love to be proven wrong. Please comment on our Facebook page. Please, please tell us great. how that works. Uh, the cool thing I put this on here. The word that is used for the witch is uh-huh. a gastromuthos. And it means ventriloquist. It's how, it's where we get ventriloquist. Why can you say a gastromuthos and not say <laughs> ish both? The same it. reason I say naked, and the same reason I say wolves. Goodness, um, but so but it means ventriloquist. It's interesting that we get ventriloquist from that because the the, the other interesting thing about the story is that Saul never actually sees Samuel. Right. The the woman only sees Samuel, and if she's doing his voice, that would be another way to read this as well. Mm-hmm. You could say that she's making this up, but I think that's completely false reading. No, because she's surprised. Yes. she's One, she's surprised, and two, she she gives real prophecy that actually comes true. Yeah. So I don't know how she would do that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so people do sometimes genuinely encounter a spirit entity, though not a dead human. So we would be talking about literally evil spirits. Right. Because uh, we do believe demons. in an actual spiritual realm. Absolutely. Our next episode's about angels, angels and, demons. and demons. So there is some overlap here. But our next episode will go more fully into uh, the angels and demons and yeah. what they do and what they don't we'll do. We'll talk less that. about what we think might be true and more just what exactly the Bible tells exactly what the us. Bible just tells us. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So there are servants of Satan and enemies of God, and they would definitely have good reason to cast doubt on God's word. Yeah, uh, and so that would make sense why. Because like, that was what we talked about originally when we had started talking about this. Um, why I said, why would demons you know, dress up like ghosts and pretend to be ghosts and stuff? Right. And they would, they would want to confuse and provide chaos and... Uh, the the more silly I think ghosts seem, mm-hmm. then the more doubt it puts on you know because real normal people be like oh ghosts are so silly that's not true who could believe yeah. in that and so the more silly you know crazier they can and divide us I think that yeah. works so. and any distraction you can take away from the truth if if your goal is to just always shield people from the truth which yeah. it would be the goal of the demon yeah you can do that in a lot of goofy ways so First John four starts beloved do not believe every spirit but test the spirits to see whether they are from god for many false prophets have gone out into the world yep and then first timothy 4 uh, says now the spirit expressly says that in later times some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teachings of demons through the insincerity of liars whose consciences are seared who forbid marriage and require abstinence from foods that god created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth i do like that part (laughs) Whose consciences are seared? Yeah, I love it. Like it's uh, like it's almost been cauterized. Like their consciences are stopped. They just can't move from yeah. where they've been. Um, anyway, so now now I'm going to flip the whole thing. And now here comes bad cop. Yeah, because I'm going to argue that ghosts are real. We can call you incorrect cop. Incorrect cop. <laughs> Don't let no. I'm going to put forth my now now. Listen, I'm going to put forth some interesting ideas here. I'm going to kind of I'm going to tip the boat a little bit. Okay. All right. I'm going to shoot them down because on just that first Timothy four. Four one through three. So I'm going to use your own. I'm going to use the scripture now. Here uh, it says, by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and and mm-hmm. teaching of demons. There's yep. two different things, Jeremy. Deceitful spirits and there's teachings of demons. Those are two different descriptions so of the same thing. There you go. Nope. I'm winning. <laughs> uh, so here's here's my here's my pitch. Okay. Mm-hmm. Part of this is because when I was in college, uh, one of my teachers put forth an interesting idea to my, me in my head. I, I wrote my senior integration project on Rob Bell's book. Um, lo- he- what is it? Heaven Jeez, is for real? No, <laughs> heaven is for real. <laughs> uh, love wins. Yeah, love wins. And in that book, in Rob Bell's book, Love Wins, he talks about how everybody ultimately goes to heaven. Mm-hmm. That at the end of the days, love ultimately wins. Mm-hmm. And so then the he's a universalist. Yes. is what it came out to be. Anyway, so one of my one of my professors said, "Have you ever considered that 
the Bible, that parable, the rich man Lazarus, that's the only example where in all of scripture that he said, this is what my professor said, mm-hmm. where it says that somebody who dies, who's not a believer immediately goes to hell. That's the only example. Now it says they go to the grave. It says they go to Sheol. Now there's a whole different conversation you can have about Sheol and stuff. Yeah. So my whole argument is going to center around, if I'm saying goes to real, uh-huh. it's going to center around that not believers. I'm not talking about believers. I, if you are a believer, you die and you go straight to heaven. Yeah. You absolutely go straight to heaven. I, there's no doubt in scripture. Right. Okay. It's absolutely clear. But if you are an unbeliever, it gets murky. It really does get murky because Sheol, like I said, can be translated as the grave or the earth. And there are lots of passages where it talks, like if you, even that Samuel passage, it talks about him coming up, up. And she even says, who should I conjure up? Who should I bring up? Right. So I think there's this idea in ancient culture that Sheol was the realm inside the earth. Mm-hmm. And that's even Hades. Where's Hades at? Well, mm-hmm. if you just dig deep enough, you'll get there. Okay. Um, so there was this idea that spirits were in the earth dwelling. Satan, where did Satan, where did you come from in Job? From going back and forth in the earth and roaming back and forth in it. Right. That's mm-hmm. what he says. And so it's almost this idea that hell or Sheol is in the center of the earth, um, almost like a subway system. <laughs> and that's how the demons are getting around. Uh, anyways, uh, the ancient uh, church fathers, early church fathers, talked about this origin, Justin Martyr, Augustine. They actually believed that was Samuel. So they're actually we have some good people on our side. Now, origin is a little bonkers. But, but there is the interesting thing from the Old Testament is that necromancy, divination, all that stuff that's linked together, right? Sorcery, witchcraft, it is put forth as a legitimate thing, as in don't do this, right? Right, Because obviously you shouldn't try to commune with the dead or any of that stuff. Why would you, why would you try to commune with, God, with the dead or angels or demons? Why would you try to do any of that when you can read God's word and pray and you know, talk to God himself, right? Okay, yeah. obviously. But it is interesting that necromancy, witchcraft, all this stuff is said, don't do it, don't do it. And obviously people did make some sort of living, right, from it, and even in Acts, there's that girl who's possessed by a demon who her handlers used to make a lot of money off her. And they're very upset when Paul knocks the demon out, right? Mm-hmm. So so there are some demons, unclean spirits that are doing stuff with divination, all that kind of stuff. Okay, so I'll just put that out there. Samuel's spirit rises from the earth. Sheol, that whole mess. Um, the, this is the only description of someone actually currently in hell, to my knowledge. Okay, so if we take this parable, let's look at the parable of yeah. Rich Man Lazarus. Yeah. For one thing, it's a parable. You should not try to take a parable and then absolutize things from it, okay? Because they're not, it's not meant to be that way. The whole point of the parable, I think, uh, one, of, one p- potential reading of it is, is that there's a rich man, there's a poor man, and the kingdom of heaven belongs to the least of these. Yeah. And the people who follow mammon, the god of this age, right? The money and all this stuff, they can have their just fruits later on in life. That's, the whole, like, that's kind of the whole point. Mm-hmm. Because I don't believe... Nowhere in scripture does it say there will be in heaven, we'll be able to see the the dead in hell, right? right? It doesn't say that. It doesn't imply that we'll be able to see each other or talk to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also, because if, if I'm in heaven and some guy's just constantly going, hey, Heath, <laughs> hey, you know, and he's just screaming and he's in torment, like that's, that's it doesn't make any sense. Okay. Uh, you made my laugh inappropriate. The gulf, I know, I know. How, how wrong. Uh, the gulf between the interaction, the suffering, it's bad, but it awaits the final judgment. Okay. So I think you, you do have to say, especially in the Old Testament, there was something unique before the believers, uh, before Christ died on the cross and his resurrection. Okay. And we see that in Matthew too, because 
in after after Jesus um, Jesus' death, the earthquake happens, and and there's this awkward little passage where it says, "And the dead rose up and prophesied in the streets." And you're like, "Okay, wow, that's crazy." Right. Uh, anyway, so Abraham replied, "Son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things, while Lazarus received bad things. But now he's comforted here, and you are in agony." So he's in pain. Yes. But this is not the lake of fire. This is not the final judgment. Okay. This is a a temporary place that he's in in the parable. Hmm. Right. So my my theory here, and this is just me playing devil's advocate once again, my theory is that those who die in Christ go immediately to heaven, go to paradise, Abraham's bosom, whatever. They're with the Lord. Jesus says, today you will be with me in paradise mm-hmm. to the thief on the cross. But nowhere in scripture really does it say those who die will go directly to Hades, don't pass, go. And then even where, it, we don't know where that is, yeah. right? We don't know where it's located. If the ancients are right, you know, they're, they're saying it's somewhere in the earth, Rome and the earth. So it would make sense. And also if you watch these ghost shows, it would make sense. All the ghosts are tormented. Mm-hmm. They never meet a ghost that's really happy, right? <laughs> they never meet one that's going like, I, I'm okay. Everything's great here. I love this place. They're always connected to someplace where they died or they're unhappy, they're upset. So it would make sense that they died in their sins or they're unhappy. This is an interesting quote from Thomas Aquinas. He believed that the souls of the damned remained on earth and that they became demons in their dispositions and desires. So he says, it is the soul of those who live in sin that become demons, not because the soul's substance is altered, meaning they don't change in the demons, but because their disposition and will is the same as that of of those of demons' wickedness. So he's saying, listen, they do stick around. They become on demon side because they're already damned, right? Mm-hmm. Like the demons are. And so then they start helping. So that's anyway, that's Thomas Aquinas. Like these are, these are early church fathers. They're wrong on a lot of stuff. Okay. But they do get a lot of stuff, right? So I just mentioned them to kind of once again, <laughs> just bolster your bolster case. my case. Uh-huh. Uh, the last little thing here, Job four, 12 through 16. This is just kind of a cool Eliphaz is talking to Job. And he says this, a word was secretly brought to me. My ears caught a whisper of it. Amid disquieting dreams in the night, when deep sleep falls on people, once again, deep sleep, so it mm-hmm. could be either way, fear and trembling seized me and made all my bones shake. A spirit glided past my face, and the hair on my body stood on end. It stopped, but I could not tell what it was. A form stood before my eyes, and I heard a hushed voice. And then the spirit goes on to tell him something. Now, this is an issue as well, because Job is poetry, yes. and there's poetic license here and whatnot. But it still puts forth that idea of a spirit telling some sort of prophecy or telling some sort of thing to Eliphaz. Um, The disciples think Jesus is a ghost. That's miscommunication, right? Obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, Once again, do demons have more important things to do than pretend to be ghosts? So we talked about this with UFOs. Yeah. And a lot of people, I mean, so all I'm trying to do here, I'll just, you know, I'll show my cards. I think Jeremy's absolutely correct. Okay. (laughs) I'm showing my cards here. I think Jeremy's absolutely correct. But... I get upset when Christians go UFOs or demons, spirit, uh, you know, ghosts or demons. Mm-hmm. Every everything is blamed on demons. Yeah, and I keep going chapter verse, chapter verse, chapter. Show me in the Bible where you are exact. Where, show me how how in the Bible Samuel is a demon. Yeah, because here's the and you and you may say, well, this is not a big deal with Samuel. This is a big deal. Mm-hmm. If you if Samuel is really Samuel, then you are call, calling the word of God what God told Samuel to say. Right. You were calling that demonic activity. Right. That is horribly, horribly false yeah. to call God's word demonic activity. Now, and also the other thing is you're calling a prophet of God a demon. Okay. Right. 
So, so you have to be, this is one example where you need to be very, very careful and you need to be cautious about what you're doing. You need to be very cautious. Yeah. Now, as far as the ghost thing, I think, I think, like we said, 95% of it, I think, is probably the same thing we said with UFOs. I think it's our own minds playing tricks on us right. because our minds are faulty and they're proven to see things that aren't there. See you, things you, know, you want to see yeah, or see I, things you I think hear, you could see. I hear a little noise and I start improvising what that noise is. Where's the killer going to come into my house now because I heard a little bug flap yep. against my window. Okay. Yep. My mind plays tricks on me. And then I think the other 5%, the other 10%, maybe I'm giving not enough percentage. Mm-hmm. I think it is demonic activity. Yeah. Absolutely. And the only, the once again with the aliens, when we talked about aliens, you have to go back and listen to that. Yeah. We did make a way for it. Like, if this was going to happen, here's the only way biblically it can happen. Right. With spirits, with, with ghosts. If it is real, this is the only way I can see that it would happen. It would have to be unbelievers who die in their sins and are waiting the final judgment. It's the only way I can, does that make or sense? Or demons. Or demons. It could be the, only those two things. Only those two things. But if it, okay, so now if it's unbelievers. Yes. If it's the damned is what we what we really mean. Here. Yes. Um, they are not going to be trying to get you to help them finish a blah, 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 blah. No. <laughs> no. The only thing that they would be is lost in their own torments. And upset and angry. And if they're able to get through to you, whether that's like with just, you know, you see something weird or you feel a cold thing, like that's also a contact that, that God is allowing, you know? And and that gets into a whole sovereignty of God thing when it comes to demonic activity. Like, if you read the beginning of Job, Satan has to come and ask God if it's okay. With everything. If he takes Permission. stuff away. When demons come to Jesus, they are completely at his command. Now, I don't know. That's may, maybe more than we want to bite off at the end of this here yes. today. But, uh, like, there's there's some comfort for all people <laughs> if you trust God. Like there's nothing to be afraid of. Yes. Uh, including demons. So we say, uh, you know, that 5, 10, 15, 20% of whatever. <laughs> whatever it is. Whatever the number is, where it really is demons. I, I want you to understand if you go home tonight and you're like, I definitely saw something really, really scary. If you are in Christ, it's not scary. Yeah. It's a, it's a spiritual something and it matters and it's important. But man. You're fine. Yeah, and we'll talk, we're going to talk about this next episode. Yeah. So if this has intrigued you a little bit, we're going to talk about all of angels and demons next episode. Uh, this is our Halloween week, right? right. <laughs> Halloween spooky week. So we're talking about this. So let's end really quick. How does this affect Christians? Either way. Either way. How does this affect Christians? The first thing that I want you to know very clearly here, Jeremy and I looking at each other, nodding our nodding. heads in agreement. Mm-hmm. Do not, under any circumstances, try to communicate with the dead no matter what. This is Ouija board. This is tarot cards. This is anything that where you're trying to consult a medium, consult anything spiritual, trying to divine the future, anything like that. Okay, don't call Miss Cleo. Don't do any of this stuff, okay? Here's the command from Scripture. Yes. And this uh, did not pass away when something was fulfilled. Yes. So this is uh, Leviticus 19.31. Do not turn to mediums or necromancers. Do not seek them out and so make yourselves unclean by them. And he ends that with, I am the Lord, your God. Yeah, do not, says says God. Do not do this. Okay? Do not. The other thing about this, too, is if I know believers who say, oh, well, so-and-so visited me, mm-hmm. or so-and-so is what looking down, watching over me. L- listen, <laughs> if so-and-so is visiting you from what everything we just said, then so-and-so is not with the Lord. Yes. And so you don't need to be really ecstatic about that. Okay. Right. If, if so-and-so is visiting you, you need to really read your Bible. 
because that's not what the Bible says. Yeah. So-and-sos do not visit people after they die. And why would you want your loved one who has passed away and supposedly knows Jesus yes. to come and see you? They're with Jesus. Yes. Yes. Let that is the stay. best thing that they could do. The yeah. last thing you should want is for your loved ones to check in and see how you're doing. Yeah, they're not communicating with you. Yeah. So don't, don't, don't mess with that stuff. And Jesus has got you. Like you don't need some relative or child or somebody else to look after you. There's an actual God yes. looking after you. Yes. You don't need somebody who recently passed away that you loved a lot. Because yes. they can't do anything. <laughs> yeah, remember, like, remember the dead. That's that's great. Like, yeah. fondly remember them, but move from grief to joy. Because if if they are in Christ, they died in Christ, then they're in heaven. With so, Jesus. <laughs> so every year on their anniversary of their death, remember them, celebrate the life they live, but celebrate more so the life they're living now. Yeah, the new life. In the new life in amazing. Christ. It's absolutely amazing. Third thing here is Count Zinzendorf, which I love, Count Zinzendorf. Hmm. He said, preach the gospel, die, be forgotten. Okay. Amazing. Now, preaching the gospel will leave a mark yes. if you're doing it. You will leave a mark. But ultimately, with death, like you don't have any regrets if you live the life of a Christian. You yeah. have no regrets. You will die with zero regrets. Yep. If you preach the gospel and that's and you focused on God's glory, you'll die. I, I, so, so if you're saying, well, ghosts, you know, I really think they're coming back. No, they're not. Yep. They're not, okay? <laughs> <laughs> the next thing, don't get obsessed with this stuff. Yeah. Do not because it will take you down a dark path. When I, I had my cousin John stand at my house over a summer and we were having a really good time just watching ghost hunters and stuff like that. And mm -hmm. we, we used to love it. We'd get in the room, turn the lights on, watch it and have a good time. He started having dreams where he was, he was felt like he was paralyzed, waking up paralyzed, being held down, couldn't breathe, stuff like that. And I, I said, we're going to stop watching. Yeah. We're going to stop watching yep. because he was getting too obsessed with it. We were getting too, we were just messing with stuff. We should not even just watching it sillyly, foolishly, I felt like he was getting too into it. Yeah, but you're becoming fascinated exactly. by something you exactly. shouldn't be. Exactly. We were fascinated with something which we knew was not what God wanted. So don't be obsessed with it. You Use Halloween. So why are we talking about Halloween? So a lot of Christians are like, oh, we don't celebrate Halloween. We don't Use Halloween to talk about stuff like this. Yeah. Because I guarantee you, your coworker, if you sit there and go, what do you think about ghosts? They're going to have an opinion. Yeah. Most, Jeremy and I started this out specifically. Tell me your ghost story. Tell me your ghost. Because everybody... Almost everybody. I want some, there are some sane people, yeah. <laughs> unlike us. Most everybody will have some sort of story to tell, yeah. or they'll be adamantly against. Yeah, like, the spiritual yeah. realm doesn't exist. Exactly, exactly. And then have a conversation that you want to talk about springboards to the gospel. Yeah. Start talking about the afterlife. Right. Very easy. Yeah. What do you Very, think happens after people yeah. die? <laughs> and if you looked at the percentages, one in th one in third, one third of mm -hmm. people believe in ghosts. So you have a good chance of striking it. You know. Yeah. The last thing there. Um, most people have some sort of crazy ghost story hear it uh, and don't call Christians crazy. Okay. Because listen, there are Christians that are pretty loopy and I'll just admit it. All right. I, I meet Christians who have some wacky beliefs and they don't want to talk about it because they're embarrassed. People call them crazy. Like listen to people, just yeah. listen to your brothers and sisters, correct them where they are wrong through scripture, chapter verse. Mm -hmm. Okay. Correct and them where they're wrong. And love. Yeah. And gentleness and love, but don't, don't call them crazy. Don't write them off. Don't just be cool, man. You know what I mean? Be charitable. We need to be unified, not divided especially not over something silly or stupid like ghosts or UFOs, all these things, right? Right. That's all I have to say. Anything, anything else, Jeremy, you can think of? I am ridiculously excited for our next episode. Yeah, because Angels and Demons, it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, the last two episodes have kind of been like, you know, our ideas, and we kind of touched in the scripture a little more today. Yeah. But, uh, but next week is going to be yeah. hardcore scripture. Yeah, the, I mean, the issue with ghosts, and, and like we talked about cryptids last, last yeah, yeah. you know, the issue with these things is scripture is silent. 
on a lot of this stuff. And the 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 really good thing to do is when scripture is silent, you need to be silent as well. Yeah. So uh, take keep in mind when we talked about cryptids, when we talk about ghosts, a lot of this is speculation. A lot of this is us just having some fun, yeah. chatting about spiritual things, mm-hmm. and trying to figure out, well, if this was the case, what would it be like? Yeah. Uh, I'll end on a story real quick of Go. a Ouija board. One of my uh, old pastors named Bob, he's a really wonderful guy, and he told me a story one time where he was walking into a, I think, a college dorm room or something, and there some kids were do, with a Ouija board, were using a Ouija board. Mm-hmm. And he felt a presence there. Um, and I've felt demonic presences before, so I know exactly what that feels like to, to feel that, right, to feel oppression. Mm. And he walked in, he felt oppressed, there was something going on there, and he rebuked them in that moment. He doesn't know why he did, he just said, in the name of Jesus Christ, stop, you know, stop what you're doing. Yeah. And he said, and he had no reason why he's a pastor, a wonderful man of God, he said the the Ouija board, the little thing, the little uh, thing they used to whatever, shattered, just exploded, shattered. So when we say don't mess with this stuff, we're not kidding. Don't mess with this stuff. If yeah. you go to YouTube and type in Bloody Mary Challenge or all these things, there are all these challenges where kids, okay, 13-year-old kids, 12-year-old kids, your children maybe will yeah. be watching these and they'll want to try these things. Yeah. And we are telling you, do not mess with this stuff. You need to know what your kids are watching. You need to know what kids are doing because all these challenges are going about. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye, man, all these things. You need to know what they're doing. And you need to put a stop to it and show them that there is a real spiritual realm. Real things are happening, and they do not need to play around with it. Anyways, so this was our discussion on ghosts. Yep. Uh, if you'd like to interact with us, we'd love for you to, to find us on Facebook. We have the Nerd Gospel group. We have a fun little group. We just talk about nerdy things post the Bible verse here and there and just kind of have a little fun group where we can be ourselves and uh, post the episode and whatnot. So yep. come join us on there. You can apply there. And then the other way to find us is our website, thenerdgospel.com. You can find us on iTunes. We're on Google. Uh, we're, we're all over the place, baby. Yep. We're all over the place. And if you have listened to this episode only, we would still like you to go ahead and rate this as a five-star podcast. Yes. Because it is. <laughs> Let's be real. And uh, and more, we, we only have a few reviews. Uh, we're fairly new, so that's cool. But if you've listened to this and uh, just think there's something to say about it, we'll take negative reviews if you want. I want five stars, but you can write negative things. Yeah, we see our stats, <laughs> so we know people are listening. So if you do not mind, if you do listen on a regular basis and you don't mind going to review us, it would help us a ton. It helped people find us and yeah. all that jazz. And we're not making any money off this. We're just doing nope. this for fun. Uh, but more importantly, we're doing this to, uh, to try to spread the gospel. So yep. if you can help us do that, that would be one way you could do that. Yep. Thanks so much for listening. As always, I'm Heath. I'm Jeremy. Stay nerdy. Stay nerdy.